This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. It is almost here, the grand finale of the Eastern Conference semifinals. You can't be scared of the moment, leaving anything out there, and, and we have to do that on Sunday. On Sunday night, a defining moment as the 76ers aim to advance. I'm sure tomorrow the mood will be different. Right now everybody's just you know, getting shots up, talking, having fun. I'm sure tomorrow is going to be a different story. Game 7, 76ers, Toronto Raptors up north, We'll talk all about it with Devon Givens on this episode of the broadcast. How we doing out there, 76ers pod people? How we feeling? What's the temperature? What's the confidence? The pulse? We are just hours away from a decisive Game 7 of the second round matchup between the 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. A berth to the Eastern Conference Finals is on the line. 76ers trying to get there for the first time since 2001. I'm Brian Seltzer. First of all, wishing anyone out there to whom it applies a happy Mother's Day, one of the great days of the year. And certainly for all you moms out there, big ups, mad props to what you do. Love it. And hopefully there's a great way to celebrate later on tonight when the 76ers take on the Raptors. We're going to speak with Devon Givens of 97.5 The Fanatic in just a moment to preview this matchup. First reminders that to subscribe to the podcast, you can go to any one of your favorite podcast hosting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, SoundCloud, anywhere else. Type in Sixers Podcast Network. That will take you to where you need to go to subscribe to our feed. We've got new episodes just about every day of the playoffs, and we hope to continue that trend after Sunday night. Sixers sent out to Toronto early. They left Friday afternoon following a big 112-101 Game 6 victory. Thursday night at the center, thought it was awesome the way that Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons responded in particular. Jimmy Butler remained fantastic. 
Another one-sided game in this series that has been so hard to figure out. That's something that I definitely want to bring up with Devon Givens. But before we do, I wanted to play back some sound from Saturday morning, the 76ers' final practice heading into Sunday's Game 7 at Scotiabank Arena. Brett Brown has coached as part of four Game 7s in his coaching history, all with the San Antonio Spurs, the 2005 and 2013 NBA Finals, and also the 2006 and 2008 Western Conference Semifinals. So yes, Brett Brown is a guy who knows about everything that goes into Game 7s, and these were his thoughts about the all-important decisive game. It's a life experience. It's, it's for sure a sporting experience, but playing in Game 7s are different. I've coached there in, in two Game 7s in the NBA Championship. I, 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 I've done it in a Western Conference Championship. I've done it in a Western Conference semifinal and a few places, you know, earlier days. My experiences and my memory are one of that the possession per possession mentality is heightened. If you, you all want to be entertained, go, go back and watch fourth periods of Game 7s and everything is just zoomed in. It, 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 it's, it's just raw. And, you know, it always gets back to, in my opinion, defense. And there are no, there'll be no like, oh, that's a great shot. Everything's contested. Lots of times you just hope to get a shot. And uh, there just is a heightened sense of urgency in game sevens. And it incrementally increases as the clock winds down. Game sevens life experiences heightened urgency and intensity. Brett Brown knows all about it, having been involved in four Game 7s in his career. Joel Embiid, this will be his first Game 7 as a professional. He's not getting caught up in what the outcome of Sunday's game could have on his legacy up to this point in his career, now three seasons old. I don't care. I just want to win. This is a big game. You know, whatever I needed to do, uh, I got to show up and uh, I got to produce uh, offensively and defensively, so I don't, I don't really care about how I want to be remembered at this point. Uh, I just want to win. Joel Embiid, 17-12, and 12, a just outrageous plus 40 in the game on Thursday night at the center. Jimmy Butler's played in one game seven. Have to go all the way back to his second year as a pro with the Chicago Bulls. When the Bulls knocked off the Brooklyn Nets, Butler played all 48 minutes in that game, and he understands the type of mindset that Game 7 requires. Do whatever they ask me to do. Try the best in my ability to win the game and, and help in any way that they tell me or, or want me to do it. I don't know what that calls for right now, but uh, all else, we just want to win. What role could experience play in Game 7? And a look at all the other subplots surrounding Sunday's winner-go-home matchup. We bring on a guy who there is no one else, seriously, who I would rather speak with on the day of a Game 7 than our guy from 97.5 The Fanatic. You hear him on In the Post all the time after games and also for pregame coverage as well, the one and only Devon Givens. Devon, I feel like we've been ships passing at different portions of this playoff series you're on the post-game sometime. I'm on the post-game sometime. You're always on the pre-game. But I feel like we have to talk it out. This is Game 7, defining moments of what has been a great season so far. 
It has been a great season, Celts. Thanks for having me. I look forward to it. This is exciting. Who does not get excited for Game 7? I don't know about you. I feel like the build-up to this one has been an eternity. It's probably because there's been an extra day in between games, but I'm just like, it's got to start. It is time to get this thing rolling. Yeah, absolutely. This was one of those deals where after Thursday's big win, 112-101, of course, and how things played out, in Philadelphia at the center, you wanted to get right back at it. You wanted this on Saturday. Let's see. All right, one day to travel. Both teams get to Toronto, and let's jump ball and figure out where we go from here. But it, the, the drama is set. The NBA knows how they do things scheduling-wise, and with a Game 7, they certainly have the entry already built up. I've been talking to family members, some friends, and they've been asking me, well, how do you feel about Game 7? What do you think? And I really don't know what to feel. Um, I feel good and confident based upon the performance the 76ers had in Game 6 with their backs against the wall in an elimination game at the center. But at the same time, given what the stakes are, win or go home, there, at least for me, is just this natural underlying sense of a little bit of nerves, anxiety. How are you feeling? Well, I'll take it back to Thursday before Game 6 where I was pretty indifferent and I kept using that word of being unsure of how to feel going into a Game 6 with so many key young players on the 76ers side, specifically Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, never being in a spot like this. How would they respond to that particular situation? And as I got closer, as we got closer to game time on Thursday night, I felt better. I felt so much better. And then the way that they came out, both teams a little a little tight, you know, no scoring quickly. But once they did get the scoring going and you realize how things played out, Sixers ending up with an eight-point lead at the end of the first, I felt really good about that particular game. Right now, I think I'm a little more with you. I'm not going to say I'm indifferent, but I understand the nature of a Game 7, a tournament-style, one-and-done thing, win or go home here, particularly in this in this game. But I do feel better about the 76ers' chances, despite what we saw in Game Number 5 earlier in the week in Toronto and how we know that one turned out. I look at the 76ers' team knowing that while there is pressure, the, the majority of the pressure is on Toronto Raptors because you are at home. This is why you play the regular season the way you do. You are a two-seed over a three-seed, and how that normally plays out is the home team is supposed to win. But then I also go back, Celts, and think back to some of those one-and-one series uh, percentages and the team that goes two-and-one, win games three, they win, and you go to game five, and the team that percentages win in that one. Uh, It it has you, has me at least, going back and forth on how I feel. I think it will be a close game tonight against these two teams. No one game has been like the other. Both teams have done certain things with a blowout, a close win, and I, this is what Game 7 is all about. And I, But I do, right now, as we speak, like the 76ers' chances on the road. The pressure thing is really interesting because you have the whole specter of Kawhi Leonard and his future with Toronto. And I know that nothing's set in stone with the core that the 76ers have right now, talking about the veterans they brought in, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, beyond this season, whenever it ends. But it just feels like the looming issue of Kawhi Leonard and his future is something more for Toronto. And I'm just curious to see how that plays itself out. I have no doubt that Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he's a guy who has been through it before, Game 7s, he's won a title. I have no doubt that he would come out ready to go. But I just wonder if that's a dynamic that might somehow play into this, into the psyche of the Raptors um, to a certain extent. 
No, and I totally agree because not only that, there's a domino effect of Kyle Lowry with one more year on his deal. The same with Serge Ibaka, Marcus All. You make that move, and all of those things become intertwined. Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard have been deeper into the postseason uh, than any of them. Serge Ibaka getting to the one finals as a former member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, but you're right. That's all over this entire We the North, that what happens here. We were not supposed to be eliminated in the second round with Kawhi Leonard. This is why you made the move for him to get us to the Eastern Conference Finals and eventually represent the East in the NBA Finals. So that will not be overlooked. That will be a stock talking storyline the entire night. And let's not forget about the head coach. So Nick Nurse is still a young head coach, a rookie head coach. And you cannot tell me that those things, even in-game, won't come up eventually that it just naturally crosses your mind as a human being, even though you are the head coach trying to win in that moment. Whether it's before the game, towards the end of the game, certain things that happen and you're saying, man, you know, how do I coach this particular spot? How do I do this with Kawhi? Is Kawhi doing the right thing? How do we get everybody else involved? So that storyline will probably be Celtics, the number one storyline, especially if the 76ers are able to get themselves out to an early lead or even in the middle of the game, get themselves out to a substantial lead where they at least seem they have control. You know, those thoughts of Kawhi Leonard are just going to loom over the entire game. Right. Because regardless of whether or not Brett Brown is coached in a postseason game seven, um, as a head coach before, which he hasn't, he's been there. He's had four game sevens as an assistant with San Antonio. And I know that you're not the one making all the decisions as an assistant, but Game 7 of the 2005 NBA Finals, Spurs beat the Detroit Pistons. 2013, the epic series that the Spurs lost to the Miami Heat, a couple Western Conference semifinals, Game 7s. I mean, Brett Brown at least knows what it is like to be in that type of spot, and he's learned under one of the best. Um, I'm curious to go back to something you said earlier. Like, what do we make of this series? I mean, how much can we extract from the first six games because aside from game two and I guess you could say game four these have been really one-sided games so what, what do you what are some of the truths if there are any from the first six games of your series that in your mind you see could be playing out in game seven well the one truth of course is Kawhi Leonard is the problem <laughs> we already <laughs> yes. knew that <laughs> yes we already knew that one for sure but one of the other truths is uh, the leadership that we've seen now from Jimmy Butler over the course of this series. And you can even take it back to the Brooklyn series where he stepped up in game one and they needed the point production 30-plus for him. Team loss. But after that, he impacted it in different ways. A seven-point game, a, I believe a 16-point game. But Ben Simmons started to take over. And Embiid had a game. Tobias Harris and J.J. Redick had a game together where they really exploded. I think the truths are that these two teams are maybe a little more evenly matched than we had thought that despite the fact that Kawhi Leonard is such a great player, arguably a top three player in this league, the teams together, this this thing right here is is a fight to the finish because they are evenly matched. And maybe we did not know that going in, where people would select the Toronto Raptors uh, in, in series and maybe not the 76ers pushing two or seven games because they weren't capable of it. So I think the truth of how close they are in terms of team and and individuals, guys being able to step up, that is true. And the fact that while Kawhi Leonard has done what Kawhi Leonard has done, we've only seen one Joel Embiid game. 
And it I just maybe it just screams Celts that in a situation like this, uh, similar to the coach, as you said, not many guys have been there. Kawhi's been there, he'll he'll perform. Serge Ibaka has been there, we don't know how he's gonna perform. Uh, JJ Reddick has been to an NBA finals, we don't know how he's gonna perform. But but at the end you say talent does, as Brett Brown likes to say, rule the day. And Kawhi Leonard is with the Raptors. Joel Embiid is with the 76ers. And no matter, despite any illness that he may have been going through and the ups and downs of this series, you would think that the talent will prevail at the end. The question is which side will prevail at the end. It just feels like, based on the law of averages, Joel is due for a game. Maybe it won't happen, but how good he was before the sickness came along and the illness for this series – you just feel, and I know Marcus Saul has had success against him in the past, but you just feel like Joel Embiid could be due for a big game. Do you think that for a situation like this, it's all about star players, or might we see someone who we might not expect step up? I mean, I'm even thinking about game six between the Rockets and the Golden State Warriors the other night, where, yes, Steph Curry goes for 33 in the second half, but do they win that game without Andre Iguodala doing what he did from three? I don't know. No, they they do not because while they needed Andre Iguodala and his play throughout the entire game, specifically in the first half, when Clay, where Steph Curry had zero, and he erupted for thirty three in the second half. But I, I, that, to your point, Steph Curry erupted for thirty three in the second half. And they needed every bit of that, and that would even go to the absence of Kevin Durant in that series, losing that star power. So I do believe that star power is key in this game because. Once again, you know Kawhi Leonard is going to get it. How do you match that? Yes, you can match it as a team where the balance is there from Butler, Harris, Reddick, Embiid, Simmons throughout the starting five and uh, getting the contributions that you will from the bench. But you're right. Embiid had a big game in game three, subpar games in the others, did enough in game six to help push this one and bring it back to Toronto. But it says situations like this, while it is about the team, it does kind of scream for another eruption from Joel Embiid to enforce his will and all the things that he says and gets engaged with the crowd and I'm the best in the business and all of those. These are the moments that those things really stand out and put you in those conversations of being the best. And this is an opportunity for him. The team overall can feed off of his dominance if he's able to do that, where you get outside shooting nights, some really good nights from Harris and Reddick specifically. And we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I totally agree that this does seem like a spot for a Joel Embiid blow up along with the steadiness that you've already gotten from Jimmy Butler. I know this is the playoffs. Teams shoot worse in the playoffs. 76ers just under 33% from three. Toronto just under 31% from distance but are we seeing good three-point defense I was looking at some numbers and neither team have contested a ton of shots what do you make of how the three-point shooting has gone in this game because that to me is certainly a variable that obviously in a game seven could swing it to either side no three-point defense has been awful on both sides (laughs) (laughs) you can think back to so many chances that both teams have had where they were just wide open so it's too many wide open threes Luckily, uh, for the Sixers case, some of those Danny Green and Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, those shots have not fallen. And I'm sure the Toronto Raptors fans would think the other side, hey, it's great that J.J. Redick and Tobias Harris are not hitting at a very high clip. But 
what happens in these big games? You know, what happens? That, that maybe teams get a little bit of tight, players get a little bit tighter, and those shots will still be there. But who steps up and make those shots? As I pointed out, with Embiid getting the attention that he's going to get, the Kawhi Leonard is going to get that same attention on the other side because the 76ers do have to pay attention to Kawhi Leonard and the attention that he will draw, which will leave Kyle Lowry and Danny Green and Pascal Siakam open for a few more looks. Do they have that? necessarily comfortability of being at home and feeling at ease you know with their role players being in front of their home crowd versus on the road maybe so but then you have guys on the Sixers side that just seem like they are not afraid of the moment Mike Scott Jimmy Butler and J.J. Reddick specifically where that may not be a, a problem so both sides, I believe, will have another night where they'll have plenty of attempts from behind a three-point line looking at the stat sheet from what happened on Thursday, 36 for the Toronto Raptors to the 28 of the 76ers. These two teams are going to get them up, and we know the game is played that way, but these two teams are definitely going to get them up, and it may be, it may ultimately be the difference in this game tonight. Ben, what do you think it takes for Ben to bottle up what we saw in Game 6, bring it into Game 7? <laughs> well so i don't know i don't know and i hope that whatever was in him to come out and perform the way he did from the tip from the opening tip similar to what he did against the brooklyn nets in game number two after a, a tough game one that he does in fact realize what the moment is how much better this team is when he's playing like that playing downhill playing with a full head of steam, playing with a goal of I'm going to pass because that's just in my nature as a basketball player, but also realizing that this is what we need tonight. We need this tonight. Maybe he feels like some nights they don't need it, and he can just focus on the defense of Kawhi Leonard, the assist numbers to get everyone else going because he is a point guard. But right now they need the all-around basketball player, Ben Simmons. So uh, maybe there's another conversation in there with Dr. J or Dr. J said enough for two games and, and, it, <laughs> and it works and carries across the border to get him going. But Celtics, he was phenomenal on Thursday night. They need every bit of that. Again, it may not be in terms of point total with 21 points. Maybe it's instead of 21 points, maybe there's six more assists mixed in there in a big moment where no one can look at it and say, well, did that triple-double really mean anything? Well, if it if he's able to bottle it up, as you use that term, and bring it with him to Toronto, I hope he feels confident coming off of that game number six and decides to lay it all out on the line in this game seven. Tell me what has stood out the most to you about Jimmy Butler, specifically in the second round, whether it's tangible stuff that we can measure through stats or intangible things. I think it's more of the tangible things of the leadership, the command that he has on the floor. All year long, we've said this is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's team, hands down. We all knew it. But as this playoffs has moved on and we've gotten to the second round, we knew that Jimmy Butler from afar could score. We've seen it with the Chicago Bulls. We saw it in the playoff round with the Minnesota Timberwolves. That was never a question. The question was, how does he get along and interact with his teammates? And in the biggest moments right now with this basketball team, the ball being shifted into his hands a majority of the time to help Ben Simmons initiate the offense, the leadership that you see from him on the floor really, really stands out for me. And even when you had the wired up stuff from the nationally televised broadcast and telling Joel Embiid in game number three to take us home, big fella, and how they respond to him 
on the floor, the interactions that you also see with him communicating with Brett Brown, that stuff really stands out. Not being afraid of the moment sells. That stuff stands out to me and how much of an impact he has had on this basketball team with the two young guys and, of course, the veterans in Harris and Reddick, Scott Ennis, and everyone else that contributes off the bench that just simply follows that lead. Now, maybe Reddick and Harris, not so much because they are those veterans, Scott and Ennis, but they're all engaged as one. And I would say it's really about his leadership and the, and the intangibles that he does bring to the table. Hopefully you get the scoring again, but watching him through the playoffs and in the second round, he will also know that there are those opportunities where Embiid and Simmons need to get off, Reddick and Harris need to get off, and just that IQ that he has out there on the floor, the right decisions that he makes out there on the floor, playing the way he plays, not turning the ball over, and still giving you solid defense on the other end. Those things really stand out more than the overall production of points. Alrighty, we will leave it at this. I will not put you on the spot, Devon, for a prediction. I will just simply ask <laughs> to put a bow on all this. The 76ers will advance to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2001 if... Your two young guys, your two young cornerstones, Simmons and Embiid, are able to have positive, productive games tonight. The shooting from Reddick and Harris and Scott specifically, I don't even include Ennis in that, they will shoot at a pretty high clip on the road tonight against the Toronto Raptors. The turnovers will have to be down, of course, and the assist numbers have to be up 24-plus in order for this basketball team to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Excellent. If you're listening to this before 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, Devon's going to have pregame coverage locked down on 97.5 The Fanatic where you can hear Game 7 on the radio, and then Devon will be on the old radio again after the game to break it all down, regardless of whatever happens. Devon, thanks so much, man. Thank you, Cels. Talk to you soon. Hopefully we're talking for the Eastern Conference Finals. Amen, brother. That is Devon Givens. Awesome stuff, as always, from our guy from 97.5, The Fanatic. Hey, enjoy tonight's game. Hopefully we are talking more about it in the days and weeks to come. At the very least, we'll have a rewind episode of the podcast recapping the game shortly after it goes final or first thing on Monday morning. All righty. All comes down to this. Have fun. See ya. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.